0: Welcome to the Wealthy Homes Podcast, where we help young Michigan families manage their finances and create wealth. I'm your host, Connor Bowserman, financial advisor with Preferred Financial Group. Welcome to another episode of the Wealthy Homes Podcast. My name is Connor Bowserman, financial advisor with Preferred Financial Group. Please be sure to go on and subscribe and, and like. Uh, whether the social media pages that you listen to, whether that's on Facebook or LinkedIn, and then also any of the major platforms that you're listening to this podcast on that you go on and leave a review and subscribe for more future content. So that way you can stay up to date every single week. Uh, So with that out of the way, let's get into today's topic. And that is going to be going through the four different type of investment accounts. And I know you're probably like rolling your eyes, like shrugging the shoulders, like, dang it, I want to hear from an insurance agent. Or I want to hear from a real estate agent. Those people are coming on really soon. So stay tuned. We have a couple of different guests that are coming on here in the next couple of weeks. So please stay tuned for that. But I want to go through this episode because it's really important. I've gone over this before in a couple of episodes, whether that was six or seven with James and Pat, or it was the retirement account progression. These are all really important, different things to know. But as it's been a couple of weeks, if not almost a year since I've gone over those different episodes, I thought it was a good thing to review and, and revise, especially for all the new listeners that have come on that maybe haven't gone back that far. So there's four different in- investment accounts, and it's really important to know the differences because they are all very, very different. And the real reason that we want to know the difference is it just really it comes down to when do you want to pay taxes? Do you want to pay taxes today? Do you want to pay taxes 30 years from now? Do you want to pay taxes every single year and just pay the the tax man every single year? Or do you want to just maybe defer the taxes for a couple of years until you want to take that money out? You have a couple of different options and there's different account types that you can take advantage of. Some of them are better than others, especially if you look at it from the opinion of an advisor. But the important thing is that no matter what you're doing is that you're putting money aside whether that is for retirement, for your future, whether that is just investing in yourself. These are different accounts that you can put money in that just makes it easier for you to put money away. Now, each one of these, again, has a tax advantage, whether that is you're getting a tax deduction up front or later on, or you're just deferring your taxes or you're kicking the can down the road. Whatever that is, we'll make sure that we go through each single one of these different accounts and figure out what one's best for you. So I'll kind of go through the different accounts. The first one is a traditional tax deductible account. And what I mean by that is this is just your typical IRA, your 401k, your 403b, your 457 generally. These are accounts that you are getting a tax deduction up front to put money in and then it grows tax deferred. So you do not pay taxes on it while it grows. So if you put in say $10,000 and it grew to 100 well you don't pay any taxes on while it's growing the only time that you will pay taxes on it is when that money gets distributed to you and you have it as like a paycheck so you take that 100 and you say hey now i want $5,000 a year well now you have to pay taxes on $5,000 like it's your income like you went out and earned that money through a w2 job the big thing with that is that you're getting the tax deduction up front, especially if you're at a higher income or maybe in your prime earning years. This might make sense to take it as a regular traditional way. This is the OG. Maybe this is something that you've been doing for 20 years in your 401k and just now you're getting the Roth option. And then now you have that decision of of what way you want to go. But the traditional is, again, you're getting that tax deduction up front. So you're not paying the taxes today. You're letting it grow tax-deferred, so you do not pay taxes on it while it's growing, but you're going to have to pay income tax on that when you pull it out. Now, you could go for a very, very long time without even taking money out. Right now, currently, and this is going to continue to increase it with age and every single year, but right now it's age 73 is when you have to take what's called an RMD, Required Minimum Distribution. Basically what the government says is, hey, we've given you this tax deduction for way too long and we want some of our money. So we're forcing you to take money out of this account. And they have a table based on your age and what account value you have on how much you need to take out per year. So you can delay it all the way up to age 73 right now and it will continue to increase over time. So, you could really go almost decades without taking any money out of this account and just letting that tax deferral happen. Now, right now, which is my advocate for one reason to want to have an IRA, is that there are some gifting rules when it comes to qualified charitable distributions. And I've talked about this in a couple episodes ago. But basically, you can take money from your IRA, gift it to like a nonprofit, and you will not pay taxes on it. But you will satisfy that RMD. You'll satisfy that check mark for the government saying, hey, I took the money out. I just didn't claim it necessarily on my income because I gave it away. Great way that you can basically never pay taxes on your money, grow it, and then you can also do the gifting and tithing that you would normally do. So awesome way that you can use that money. But often, whether whether you're young, old, you're going to have some money in this traditional bucket. Because if you're in a 401k and they're matching, well, any of the money that the company puts in is most likely a traditional bucket. That will be money that you'll have to pay taxes on at some point, even if you choose the Roth option. So what's the Roth option? The Roth option is basically you're saying, I'm paying the tax man today. When I put my money in, I paid the tax dollars on it. Then it grows tax deferred. So you put that $10,000 in, it grows to $100,000. Now, if you wanted to pull money out as income in retirement, you do not pay any income tax on that. It's completely tax-free at that point. Tax-free withdrawal. And then there's no RMD. So at 73, they can't say, hey, you got to start taking money out of that, man. Nope. You can just keep delaying that for as long as you want, and it could be your whole entire life. Now, that's where the Roth can shine, is that you have a lot more options with the Roth than you do with a traditional investment. The big thing, though, is that you're just paying the tax man today. So depending on where you're at in your career and income, it may or may not make sense to, to take the deduction today and do it the traditional way or pay the taxes. In some cases, people do half and half. They're contributing 10% into their 401k, maybe 5% is going traditional, 5% is going Roth. Now, if you're younger, I generally and most of the time will encourage them to take the Roth option 100% couple of reasons for that. One, we're trillions and trillions of dollars in debt, and we're at some of the lowest tax rates as an income uh, bracket that we've ever been at. And so it makes sense that at some point our taxes will go up, whether that is to pay off the debt or just because they need to go up because they're at historic lows. So why not pay taxes at the lowest bracket that we've ever been at? And then eventually, whether that's retirement or later on, then you can take the tax deduction or if you're in retirement you have these tax free dollars that you'll have as a Roth option so even if you do have some traditional money you can kind of play with your tax bracket so if you say under 40,000 you're at 12% income tax bracket but if you go over 40 it goes up to 22% well maybe it makes sense that you take from your traditional bucket 40,000 and then anything over and above that You take as Roth, so you're not paying the higher tax bracket. Those are kind of some options that you can have by having that Roth option. The third one is a tax-deferred account, and these generally are called annuities. Basically, you can put in money that's after tax, so money that you've already paid taxes on. So this would be money that's in your checking or savings. You put it in, and you do not pay taxes on it while it grows. You just didn't get a deduction up front. And on the back end, you technically are going to pay taxes on the gains. So I, I kind of give the analogy of a beer. You have your actual liquid on the bottom, and then you have that foam on the top that you have to drink first, and that would be your gains. So as you pull out your money in your account, you're pulling out that gains first, and that you're paying income tax on. Once you've gone through the foam, or in this case, any of the gains or the interest that you've made, and you got down to what's called your principal. So, the original amount you put into the investment, then you're down to the just normal liquid beer that is completely tax free. That's all money that you've already paid taxes on. So, you might be asking, why would I do that? Well, a couple of reasons. You're at a higher income tax and you just don't want to pay taxes every single year. You just want to defer it. Maybe you're older and just you're at a higher income tax bracket and if you're going to gift this money to your kids. Maybe it makes sense that they're paying taxes on that money at their income tax bracket, which is probably going to be lower than what you're paying it at. You can defer it and you can gift the account. We've got some clients that are very philanthropic and they want a lot of money to go to charities when they pass. Well, if you put it into an annuity, you never pay taxes on it while it's sitting in that account. And then once that money goes to the charity, once they pass, they don't have to pay taxes on it under the current IRS rules. So that's a really cool way that you can use annuities compared to like a traditional retirement account. Now there's another account and that's called a taxable account or a brokerage account. Basically what this means is that you're just paying the taxes as you go. As your money grows, you'll generally pay a capital gains tax. And this depends on a couple of different things. That's how much your capital gains are, and then what your ordinary income is. And that will kind of depend on what your capital gains tax is. If you make very little money or on the lower end, then you might not pay any capital gains tax. So if you, for example, let's say you bought a stock at $2 a share and then it went to $10 and you sold it, well, that $8 that you gained in that account per share, you'd have to pay capital gains on. Let's say you made $1,000 $1,000 on a trade and you capitalized on that so you realized it well you got to claim that on your taxes but let's say you're on the lower income you may not pay any capital gains tax on that now let's say you're in the marginal or kind of in the medium income range you might be paying 15% capital gains so if you made $1,000 you may owe $150 in capital gains tax now let's say you're in a high income very high income then that's generally when you pay 20% capital gains tax. So on that $1,000 gain, you may pay $200 in capital gains tax. But you continue to pay that, that tax as you go. Now, this is where it's really important to know what type of investments that you have in these accounts because you can mitigate those capital gains. Certain investments like mutual funds, they typically will have a higher turnover and they will pay out capital gains and dividends and interest to you over time. So you'll generally have to have a bigger ongoing capital gains bill. Where certain investments, whether that's a stock or an ETF, that doesn't necessarily pay out as much dividends, you could potentially delay how much capital gains you have. So in that case where you bought it at $2 and it's worth 10 well as long as you didn't sell it, you don't have to owe capital gains tax on that. So Dependent on what type of investments in that taxable account will kind of determine how much your capital gains tax will be. But what's great about the taxable or the brokerage account, however you identify it, is that you can use this account whenever. You're not tied to 59 and a half or 55, or you don't have to wait till a certain age to be able to pull at this money. You can pull at this at any point in time. Now, do we encourage you to take it yeah at least a year from now, because then you can pay capital gains tax at a long term capital gains, sure. but you can technically get at this at any point in time. So for those people that are maybe saving for something that's short term or they're saving for something maybe they're looking to retire before age fifty five, they're gonna need an account that they can draw on that isn't technically a retirement account, and this is where the taxable account really shines. This can also help if you are A really good saver but don't want to necessarily put it in a retirement account well if you've got a huge abundance of money in your savings that you would quote unquote use as like an emergency fund well maybe a certain amount of that can go into like a taxable account that you are investing more for the future but you still have almost like an emergency fund for the emergency fund so if you ran on really hard times and you went through your emergency fund that's at your bank well then now you have this taxable account that you can draw on to be able to use that. So this is a great way that you can put away money but still have the option of being able to get at it. Now, one caveat to that, and one reason why I would more go towards the Roth is because any money that you put into a Roth, you can pull out, if any of the principal, you can pull out at any time. So let's say, again, you put in $10,000 and it grew to $100,000. Well, if you needed $10,000, you can pull out that $10,000 that you originally put in. Now, anything over and above the $10,000 is where you would run into either penalties or taxes. So that's where you want to have maybe a mixture of the Roth or the taxable. But the Roth gives you that option that you can still get at some of the money. It's not 100% locked up until retirement, but you still can get at that. Now. Is it one of the golden accounts that most people don't want to touch or ever touch? Yes. So if you can, leave it alone, but it does give you an option. So if you're trying to rack your brain on what one I should go with, the Roth or the taxable, generally I push people towards the Roth. But again, I went over this at the beginning and it's super important to know this. No matter what one of these accounts you choose, it's just important to make sure you save as much as you can when you can. To be able to take advantage of the time value of money. If you want to know more about that, you can go back to episode 27, which is the power of compound interest. So that's a great episode to go back if you don't know too much about the time value of money. But that's pretty much all I wanted to cover today, just because this is a question I get all the time, whether that is during a rollover process with a client where they're looking to roll over an old 401k. Where does this money go? Well, you just have these basically four different investment types. You have the traditional, which is you've never paid taxes on that money. You've got the Roth, which is where you've paid taxes on that money that went in. You've got the tax deferred, which is basically something different than what we would call for the Roth or the traditional. This would be technically like an annuity or non-qualified account. And then we also have that taxable or brokerage account. So those are usually the four different type of investment accounts. If you have any questions on that, please be sure to reach out to myself or anybody here at Preferred Financial Group. Or if you have a question that you want to type in, type it into that type form. You can find that either in my profile or into the summary of this podcast. And you can type that information in. Again, this is completely unanimous. I do not know who you are, but we'll be answering those questions in the next episode. So please be sure to type those questions in. Thank you so much for listening, and I will see you guys in the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Wealthy Homes Podcast. Be sure to click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Connor Bowserman or preferred financial group. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investment advice. Always seek the advice of Connor Bowserman or other qualified financial advisors with any questions you may have regarding this episode. Connor Bowserman is a licensed financial advisor, and any of the investment advisory services offered are through Harbor Investments, member SPIC. Products and services provided are not NCOA insured, have no credit union guarantee, and may lose value. Consumers Professional Credit Union and Marshall Community Credit Union and Harbor Investments are separate and independent companies, and credit unions are not providing security services.